You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 194 of the Black Eagles Podcast. I am your host, Sinan Schwarting, live from New York City, as always. Kind of unseasonably warm fall evening, or I guess night, here in the city. Um, yeah, we have a lot to get into here. A lot of fantastic guests and interviews and cameos and just yeah so much to get into here of course there's no football we had the international break Uh, i guess i could very briefly mention that we had uh two international uh sorry i should say national team matches the turkish national side drew one to one against norway Uh, and on this national side it's probably worth noting that there was only one Besiktas selection, that being Ridvan Yilmaz. Uh, he would not feature against Norway at all. Uh, and against Latvia, he would come in in the 65th minute. Uh, and he would actually, in my opinion anyway, be very uh, important in a turnaround. At the, when he came into the match, Turkey was le- losing 1-0 to nil in Riga, Latvia. Uh, and yeah, a- after he came on, they scored twice, won the match, salvaged their whole World Cup qualifying campaign, potentially. Uh, the- things need to go their way elsewhere, but yeah, Besiktas, uh, Besiktas, what are we talking about? The Turkish national side, um, sort of clearly in third place now with 15 points, two points behind Norway and four points behind the Netherlands. With two matches to go, probably worth noting that Turkey uh, only has uh, remaining uh, Gibraltar on Saturday, November 13th, and Montenegro on the road on Tuesday, November 16th. So games that they should win, but you know, <laughs> there's no no uh, guarantees in football, especially with this national side. Although. I guess it's worth noting that beating Latvia was a pretty serious task. It had been quite a while since they had done it last, um, I believe something like 70 years, since they'd managed to get a win against Latvia. So, you know, that's exciting, I guess. Uh, Congratulations to the Turkish national side. Now, let's talk Besiktas, and let's talk the Black Eagles podcast, and of course our episode this week. So like I said, no Besiktas to talk as far as results or or anything in the past. Uh, But we do have, of course, some exciting stuff to get into here. We uh, are previewing Sporting Lisbon, or Sporting Club de Portugal, uh, a Lisbon side. Uh, We've got a lot of fantastic guests to to sort of get their input on Sporting and what we can expect. Um, I, I got two separate interviews. One with Ospanenka's Joao Blanco, um, 
at Joao Blanco, S-C-P-J-O-A-O-B-L-A-N-C-O-S-C-P. Uh, very knowledgeable, uh, sporting pundit, if you will, uh, doing the, a podcast. Os Panenka is a Portuguese podcast, uh, and it's sort of split up between the big sides in, in Portugal. Um, Benfica, Sporting, and Porto, and they each host sort of represents one of them so he's the sporting representative over there and then after that uh, we're going to get into the sporting 160 underscore en fellas Uh, and of course that's uh, gonna be the second and I separated I just did it in chronological order I had interviewed Joao first and then these guys second I, I, th- I actually think the Sporting 160 EN podcast has a, uh, you know, it's better directed to, to you guys. It's an English language podcast. Um, but, you know, on Twitter, either account's fine to follow because uh, you can translate, obviously. Um, but so, yeah, they're an interesting podcast. Uh, all the hosts are from English-speaking countries. Um, I would manage to get on the podcast uh, Danny... And Christian, um, and yeah, we'll get into their Twitter stuff and all that when we get to that interview. But so, uh, in addition, in previewing our upcoming match uh, against Bashakshi here, I spoke with Aaron Armstrong. I got him to do an, a hashtag Ask Aaron segment uh, where he would answer uh, one of my big questions going into this uh, going into this match upcoming, which is you know how do we feel about our 17 points thus far in the season and third place uh, and I think we share the same feelings for the most part but yeah it'll be great to hear from Aaron and obviously from our guests so without further ado let me just dive right in uh, so first like I said we have Os Panenka's João Blanco Black Eagles podcast listeners a great interview lined up for us today uh, we're gonna get informed all about Sporting Lisboa uh, sporting Lisbon or Sporting Club de Portugal, rather. Uh, yes, yes, that's good. Sorry. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've got a great expert as well, João Blanco, um, who is from the Os Panenka podcast. Um, and I'll, I guess, could kind of briefly tell us a little bit about yourself. I, we're gonna obviously talk about you and your podcast at the end, so you can like plug it and all that. But um, like. Where are you? Uh, you know, how long have you been a sporting fan? You know, your podcast yeah. you mentioned it's not just a sporting podcast, right? Yes, yes, yes. I can talk uh, about it just a little bit now. So, uh, like you said, I am João. I live in Lisbon, and uh, I've been a sporting fan uh, like ever since I was born because I also live uh, near the stadium, very near the stadium. And my family is all Sportingista. That's what we call a sporting fan. It's a Sportingista. Mm-hmm. And uh, they taught me to love sporting. And then as I grew up, I also got involved in the club and with the philosophy of the club. And I loved it all. So now I, I, don't, I don't think I'm an expert, as you said it, but I really <laughs> love sporting. And I, I go to every, uh, like, uh, every, every game that we play in Alvalade Stadium, in our stadium, and uh, and Sporting is also very well known for playing other sports like uh, futsal, uh, hockey, um, ba- basketball, 
Mm-hmm. And I also go to that uh, that type of sports in our uh, in our. It's not a stadium. Uh, we call I don't know uh, how do you call it, but uh, it's a pavilion. That's what what we call here. That's a, um, a specific place where you can play these these other sports, handball too. And I like to go to to those. Like a sporting then, uh, center or uh, yes, the sporting. Se- it's not yeah. quite okay. You can you can say it's a sporting sort center. Sort of like yes. an arena. Yeah, I know what you an mean. An arena. Uh, yes, 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 an arena. That's it. I I wasn't quite uh, catching up with the word, but yes, that <laughs> that uh, that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and about my podcast, it's a podcast about football. It's uh, it's uh, it's spoken Portuguese, obviously, but it's not uh, only about sporting. Uh, for podcasts only about sporting, you have Sporting City Center or Sporting 160, mm-hmm. uh, translating the name. And the the interesting thing is that that podcast is okay, spoken Portuguese too, but it's another po- there is another podcast called Sporting One uh, One Hundred Sixty English, and that is uh, spoke in English. So if you're if you're listening to this podcast because you're a Besiktas fan and you and you would like to know a little bit better uh, the your rival, your opponent, you can always listen to that podcast. But about my podcast, it's uh, it's about football. It's not about Sporting because we have a member of Porto and we have a member of Benfica too, and we discuss mm-hmm. a little bit of everything: national football, international football. We discuss uh, basically everything that includes this this beautiful game. Does the Porto fan have to sort of sit between you and the Benfica fan <laughs> and kind of keep you? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, because like we. We, well, okay, obviously we, we don't hate each other, but like we hate <laughs> each other's clubs, uh-huh. basically the same. <laughs> oh, nice, okay. <laughs> Three-way <laughs> hatred. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's like us, actually. We're the Besiktas, uh, Fenerbahce and Galatasaray, right? We have yes, yeah, it's kind of, kind of. Nice. Yeah, I didn't know, like, I, I when I lived in, in Lisbon, the Benfica and uh, sporting thing was was real, right? But obviously, yes. no, no, it's wasn't. real. It's really intense because, like, it's in the same city. But mm-hmm. if Sporting and Porto were in the same city, it would, same it thing, would be right? the same. Yeah. Yeah, same exactly. thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Especially because in recent years, of course, Porto has kind of like taken over the the most prominent position. So I think. But yeah. Benfica and Sporting are really the historic clubs, right? So that must be kind of annoying for you guys. <laughs> no, because Porto is also a very, a very historical club, and Porto nationally uh, um, have not been that dominant. But they <laughs> have, they they have had like some very good campaigns in the Champions League for the past few years, and that gives a, a good international image. Of course, they. Mm-hmm. They've won against Juve last season, and they went to the quarterfinals in 1922, I think. So it's always good to have a Portuguese club making those types of con- of campaigns. I, and of course, the whole I, I would rather be sporting, of course. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, and you guys yeah, are so. champions, right? So yes, we are important. champions. 19 years, 19 years after, yes. <laughs> um, so let's talk. I mean. We're touching on history now, and what's what's interesting about our two clubs is we have some shared history. And I mean, obviously, more recently, like we we purchased Valentin Rosier from you. We'll talk about him in a moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is no, an interesting no, I, one. I, no, I, I can I can talk to you about him. Yes. Yeah, I'm curious, but but, I, but so quickly first, I want to talk a little history. Um, with specifically, we have two players. 
Um, and I'm curious, honestly, to know if you guys kind of take credit for their, you know, youth careers and, and if you really associate mm. with them. So both of them are kind of, I mean, especially like Quaresma is a club legend for Besiktas. But then there's also yes. Simao who came um, like almost a decade ago to Besiktas and he was a fan favorite. But also Sima, a... Simão Sabrosa? Sabrosa, right. And he's, of course, okay. famous for his time with Benfica. But I do recall he actually came up through Sporting's uh, through so, the academy, so right? I, I'm going to tell you something. You chose, like, two horrible names to Sporting fans. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so, because right? it became I, famous elsewhere. I, I'm, go, I'm going to explain to you something. Because <laughs> Sporting has a very good youth academy that's, mm -hmm, that's, mm -hmm. uh, that's present. We... we We taught like Ronaldo, Luis Figo, Nani, and other players, mm -hmm. but we don't uh, don't teach very well like being loyal to the club because <laughs> because there was Ricardo Quaresma who uh, I, I don't think he, he was for many years in our uh, youth system, but he okay he was here and played for us and uh, I think he. Um, He, he started his professional career with us, I think, mm -hmm. but then he went to Porto and he, he always says that he's from Porto and uh, his art is in Porto and we don't like that. <laughs> and Simon Sabrosa, it was even worse because yeah. like, we, saw, we sold him to Barcelona, like a big club, and we were hoping, okay, another big star of ours going to, to a big club and then he returns, but to Benfica, like yeah. knife, in, yeah. knife in the heart. Uh -huh. uh, totally, uh -huh. because Quaresma kind of okay. Quaresma uh, has an incredible talent, but he kind of flopped. And uh, Simon Sabrosa, he flopped at Barça, but at Benfica he was really, really good. Quaresma in Porto too, but um, he Benfica just really like uh, Simon Sabrosa, and uh, that yeah. hurts. Yeah, I thought that's why I asked. You know, I, I thought it might be. It's, okay. And it's okay, okay. It's a little different for for like Besiktas. We don't have a lot of that with our rivals, but like I remember. Emre Belozolu, right? He started with Galatasaray, like one. They won the UEFA Cup back then, and then he got sent to like Inter Milan and the Premiership for a little bit. But when he came back to Turkey, he joined Fenerbahce. So Galatasaray is huge rivals. So that was very, very much we, like the team. We have a lot of those cases. Like in this season, João Mario, that was like mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. um, a starter for us last season. He was a starter on the team that uh, <laughs> that was champion. Goes yeah. to Benfica. Like in summer, that's hurt. That hurt as hell. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst. That's definitely the worst. No, and like yes. speaking of Valentin Ozier, it's a perfect segue. Um, so we got him from you guys. He was like your third string right back. Uh, yes. We were desperate for a right back last year, and he ended up being a kind of revelation for us. Uh, he he had a great season. Um, nobody really expected it. We were all kind of just relieved to have someone who played the position, but kind of nervous about how he would turn out. But so he did really well, and obviously he was alone, and we had to buy him from you this summer. And so Galatasaray actually almost kind of jumped in and tried to, to snap him up under underneath us. <laughs> so it would have yes, been a similar yes. story. Kind of different. Um, so now to, to Rosier, like what are your guys' thoughts on him? Like how, did, how, how does a guy go from being a third string right back for you guys to successful <laughs> with us that, that's a little worrisome yeah, yeah. for us right <laughs> no that, that's not worrying because okay uh, this is my opinion this is not the the most uh, what the most sporting fans think i guess because i always thought that uh, vozier had the talent because 
uh, when he came, when like he came to Sporting from from Nimes, I, I, I don't I don't recall the club, but mm-hmm. when he came to to Sporting, like he had already been in uh, uh, French national teams like under under twenty one, under ninety, mm-hmm. and he had talent, but I think he he didn't go well here because of two main factors. First, because I I think. He was a little bit lazy, like mm. in training and in games. Because okay, he made a, good, a great game, but then the next, eh, it wasn't so good mm-hmm. because he, he, he didn't. Okay, he was a little bit lazy. And another, he he came here in the season where we were terrible. He he came here in the season when we finished the the championship in first place. I guess you yes, it was that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our coach, uh, um, we had four coaches that season, and uh, none of none of them were good, except for Ruben Amorim, that is our present coach, and it was the last of that season. And the, our football was bad. Our tactics were passing the ball to Bruno Fernandes and pray a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for him to play. Because uh, the tactics were bad, and that, of course, is not good for the players. And uh, I think Rosier um, could be playing better for uh, for us, but uh, the laziness also helped, or or in this case, did not help. Right, yeah, exactly. No, and it could be that that experience kind of showed him that he needed to put in that effort and... So maybe that's how he yes, turned it around. Yes, maybe, us. maybe because Besiktas and uh, your your championship, the Turkish championship, is a very competitive one, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's very good for a player like Rosier being a starter in a in Besiktas, a team that plays Champions League Champions League games. I think that's important. Yeah, no, and it, he really, yeah, he he started out a little slow, but you can see him building in confidence as he. You know, became more a part of the team and a little bit more central to the team. You know, maybe he wanted that, like responsibility. But anyway, um, so I guess let's let's dig into these sort of pre-formatted questions that I sent. Um, So first of all, Besiktas. Obviously, you've heard the name. You've you've already been a little complimentary, which is nice. Um, But so, like, you know, fill that out. Like, uh, what's your impression of the club and, and Turkish football in general? So, of course, I've heard about Besiktas. Uh, I don't know much about the history of the club. Sure. Like, uh, you, you you invited me to this because I went to the Ajax uh, podcast, the uh-huh. Ajax English podcast. Our friends over and there. Yeah. about Ajax, yes, about Ajax, I knew a little bit about the history, like Johan Cruyff and etc. About Besiktas, I don't know much. But I know you are one of the biggest clubs in Turkey, if not the biggest. Okay. Uh, I also... Okay, you're the biggest club in Turkey. (laughs) I also know that you have had for the past few years many players that also played in Portugal, like Ricardo Quaresma, Pepe, Abobacar, Talisca, and now Rosier. And about Turkish football in general, I know that Turkish fans are very passionate. The, you, uh, like your ultras, give an amazing show during the games, and that's. I think it's awesome. Some people don't like it. I like it. I like it. And when I talk Turkish fans, I also include Belçikish fans, of course. Your fans are very passionate, and that's that's something beautiful for the game. I think. Yeah, I mean, one of the the most awesome aspects of our group in general um the whole group is that we have these clubs that have like real fans right like real 
uh, yes, like yes. academies and history. Uh, you know, that's we're lucky, I think. You know, and and we're yes, all fairly yes, yes. even too, which is. You know, we, we haven't been so lucky yet, but um, I mean, I think we've also <laughs> both struggled from injuries and stuff. Um, yes, too. I, I think you you have like 10 players injured dude, or something. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> we had like nine starters out for one game and four four guys off the bench, too. It was insane. No, but, but you played really well against Dortmund in the, in the first match day. Yeah, uh, I like to watch that game, but against Ajax, Ajax is incredible, and with the with the injuries, it was a little little bit difficult. Yeah, that was crazy. And we had like against Ajax, we had two 18 year old academy products on our back line as central defenders. It was, it was insane. <laughs> yes. um, so I think we're quite lucky to have only allowed two goals. Um, well, so and and I guess that brings us to you guys. Now you also have, of course. The one key injury, and, and like that's, it's almost like having three or four guys injured because of how important he is. And we're talking about, of course, Pot or, or Pedro Gonçalves. Pedro, Pedro Gonçalves, yes. So, wh what's the story with him? Like, is he? I was like, I was gonna ask, like, who you know, as far as your your starting eleven now and how you feel about the new transfers and stuff. I was gonna ask who you thought your best players were, and we could talk about. Uh, Pedro Porro, right, the Spaniard who just got called yes, up, I think, or Joao yes, Palinho, or. Um, of course, yes, I, I, I'm curious I about tell, Sarabia, I, but... Yes, I can tell you all about it. So, uh, so the, the injury of the pot, or Pedro Gonçalves, and the, the injury of one of our centre-backs, Gonçalo Inácio, that mm. is also uh, really good. And the, the, the story of those injuries is quite funny, because so they, they were called for the national team in like August, the both, both of them, and then they got injured in like the same day. So <laughs> Pot and Gonzalo Inácio in a Portugal uh, training session. Uh. And then the Sporting next, ga the sporting ne uh, next game uh, was uh, against Porto. So mm -hmm. Porto fans were saying, oh, they're faking. They, they bought the, the national team, medical, uh. no, the national medical team. And uh, they're faking the, the injury so they can play against us. So <laughs> Pot is injured since then. So I yeah. think he's a very good actor. Yeah. And uh, Academy Award. Nassim, <laughs> yes. Yes. An Oscar to him, please. Yeah. And Gonzalo Inácio played one game, so 20 minutes of one game that was against Dortmund. Uh, no, Ajax, Ajax, uh, right. against Ajax. And then he got injured again. Uh. So I think the, they are both the best actors I, I've ever seen. <laughs> so I don't know if there is any, any Porto fan listening to this. But, but you guys suck. So. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. <laughs> so, okay, but, uh, but about our starting lineup. So, uh, without Pot and without Gonzalo Inácio, we, we have been playing with Adan uh, in, go in, in goal. Mm -hmm. So, then the, the right wing, Pedro Pouco, that it's uh, an excellent player. I think it's the best right wing, uh, not right wing. Uh, Right, right back wing that mm -hmm. uh, I ever saw in Sporting. It's incredible. What, what a player. And the, the call-up for the Spanish national team was well-deserved. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we play with three centre-backs. So, uh, Luis Neto, Coates and Fedal. Mm -hmm. And maybe we play Gaio there or Mateus Reis, but they're not as good. Uh, then... At um, left wing back, so we had Nuno Mendes last season, 
Yeah, but then he 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 went to PSG. You know, yeah, big upgrade, for, I guess. You know. Yes, yes. He he was an, a tremendous player, and um, we got Vinagre in August. Ruben Vinagre from mm. Wolverhampton, and the first games he was really good, but then he dropped uh, the level a little bit, and uh, against Ajax, it must have been the worst individual game I ever seen in my life, because Anthony made made a clown out of him. That made, oh, man. it was incredible what Anthony did to him, and uh, so now the spot is like between Nuno Santos or Vinagre. Nuno Santos is a, uh, like a front winger, but mm -hmm. he uh, Ruben Amorim is been playing him like a left back winger. Then in the midfield, the last game we played with three midfielders, so. Jean Palinha, our uh, I think it's one of our key players too. Jean yeah. Palinha is incredible. Yeah, Matheus Nunes, that, that's like a box-to-box -box midfielder kind of yeah. thing. He he, he he carries the ball very good. Mm -hmm. And Daniel Bragança. So Daniel Bragança uh, has not been uh, a starter for like he was not a, not a starter last season. He was not in the beginning of this season. But he was a starter in our last game that we we, we won away against Aroca, uh, one two, and Bragança was man of the match. And I think he has to play because he is our most creative player. He he's an incredible talent. He he also played really well in the Euro, the under twenty one Euro that uh, that happened this summer. Mm -hmm. Portugal lost the final to Germany, I think. And Bragança is a tremendous player, and I think he has to play more, and I think he will play more now. And in front, uh, if Nunsant uh, plays left-back winger, so we play with Saravia and Paulinho. And mm -hmm. Paulinho is like... Paulinho is a, a player that... Um, by his personality, the fans like, because he's a, he's a very nice person, he's a very uh, nice professional. But uh, we thought that uh, we paid for him, uh, um, so we paid Braga for him like um, 16 million. And that, that is already too much for him. <laughs> but now, uh, in, in news for, from today, says that we paid 22.9 million. <laughs> that, that's, that's a lot for a striker. That he has like in this campaign 22 league shots in eight games and he scored one goal yeah in I was 22 say only one goal. shots that's that, that so much so uh, he scored a brace against Ajax and uh, that was the best uh, game uh, for him in the sporting shirt and he helps very much like building the plays and he's a good false nine a little bit like Tadic was like in the 1920 campaign from Ajax mm -hmm. but uh, he has to score more. He lacks finishing, and the striker that that we buy for for twenty three million almost, uh, he he has to score more. That's it. So that's our starting eleven. Oh, uh, interesting. So so we have two like uh, so our two positions that should be the two that have some kind of signing should be striker because we have just two strikers on mm -hmm. our squad. There are Paulinho and Tiago Tomas. So Tiak Tomas is a product of our, of our youth system too, and he's uh, a really good, a really good player. But he has to have someone like to compete with Paulinho. That uh, that is a competition, you know, to to make him improve. 
and the other position should be uh, center back because I, I'm I'm happy with our center backs, but they they are few. For we have like four center backs that uh, that are not like adapted from some other position. So I think that we should have bought like a fifth center back too. Yeah. Well. Us too. <laughs> to, to be fair, we're playing eighteen-year-olds at the moment. Although, granted, I think that's in large part because of injuries. But yeah, I mean, it's it's actually quite interesting, and I think this is also a, a good segue to the next question. But um, we have a lot of similarities. Our clubs, um, you know, maybe not quite as many injuries because I don't think I think that's pretty unprecedented. <laughs> no. But no, that, that's right. Not, that's not. <laughs> but certainly, comparing like the the significance of some of the guys who have gone down for you. You know, you've been impacted also, and it impacted in a way where, you know, currently you're in third place in the standings uh, in, yes. in, in Portugal, which is exactly the same as us, ironically. And I think it's probably the same story where you're not... Just, uh, just out of curiosity, sorry to interrupt you. Sure. But who, who is in first place in Turkey? I don't know. Fenerbahce. The, oh, that, the that's usual. Bad. That's bad, sir. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um... <laughs> With Mesut Ozil, you know. Um, no, yes, I mean, yes. I, I'm not particularly worried about them, honestly. Uh, they are lacking pieces. They've gotten lucky. Lots of help from the refs. They just, um, <laughs> you so know how like, it goes. Like, like Portier. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and just like, you know, they, they went to Europe. So they, they get all this sort of help from the refs locally. And then they went to Europe and they got just crushed by Olympiacos. Like nil to three at home. And I, and I joked, oh, I guess yeah. that's what happens when, you know, I don't think the Turkish refereeing doesn't translate to Europe every time, <laughs> my friends. <Yeah. laughs> um, but then second place is Trabzonspor, um, who are kind of oh, a more yes. interesting okay. team right now. And then us. But but similar to you guys, you know, the season's very young. We've actually played fairly yes, well. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, it's, I, I, I think we're very much in contention. I think you guys also, you know, I don't think you're, sad to be in third place because you're still undefeated you're still no, looking no. very good right yes 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 so yeah we're, I guess, we're, what are your thoughts well, on your yes. form right now right yes we are not like preoccupied with that situation because uh, benfica is in first place and he, he had like the his first loss of this season last last weekend against putin nails at oh. home it was a it was kind of upset and we are not preoccupied because we had two draws, okay, but one of against Porto. And, like, we should have won that game because we played much better than Porto. And he, like, they made, they made one shot on goal that was his, it was their goal. And, and oh. like, we missed, we missed huge opportunities. And then, <laughs> then we, and then we draw the game. We should have won. And the other one was against Famalicão. That that one was a little bit worse, but but I'm not preoccupied. I'm not. Yeah. So, kind of almost the same exact boat. Um, so I guess let's keep things rolling. Finally, before we kind of talk about the Champions League more specifically, how would you describe your playing style and your strengths and weaknesses? Now you mentioned obviously weaknesses um, up front. And maybe yes. in the goal, right? With sorry, not goal uh, on the back line. You mentioned. Yes. Okay. No, don't worry. But in defense, okay. The, if uh, if uh, it's not the trio like uh, Fedal, Coates, and Neto, they played the the three played really well and really coordinated against Dortmund. Like Dortmund had like five disallowed goals 
uh, for offside. It, it was not it was not by luck, you know, because they they were so coordinated that they make uh, they made always the Dortmund strikers offside, yeah. and that was really good. But our strengths, we are really good, like with the ball and passing the ball around for, mm-hmm. for opening spaces. Even better if Bragança is playing. And uh, but our best task, our best tactic is like using the space behind the opponent's defense. You know, we attack very quickly with our wingers, and that makes us little in, tr- in transitions. You know, mm-hmm. uh, for example, our weakness may, may be the lack of creativity in the midfield. Uh, so, high, like I was telling you, Palinha is very good at defending and Mateus Nunes uh, at carrying the ball like a box-to-box midfielder. But our most creative player is usually on the bench and is Daniel Braganza. Uh, but uh, as I told you, fortunately, he was on the starting lineup next game and was man of the match, so he must play against Bezikic. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's a good, I think, analysis there. Yeah, and I mean, obviously you guys have a great team. You've, you're fresh off of a championship. And so, you know, I think this is really, I think, the heart of the Champions League now, right? Because for us, how we play against each other will determine our level of success uh, how, in the whole competition. Hopes. Yes, right? we, we, have, we have to, like, uh, back-to-back games. So. Yeah, and it's, the, it's, this it's is it, time. right? Yeah, exactly, yes. this is it. So I guess on that note, like... I guess kind of try to go back a couple of games and like where you thought you might be going into the Champions League. Like, what were your expectations and hopes, and do you feel like they've been impacted? I mean, I, I honestly, obviously, with Bo- Dortmund and, and Ajax having won twice each, uh, mm. it looks bad for us, right? But on the other hand, yes. it's really just six points, right? Like, one match day could suddenly, you know, one Ch- of us could be back in it, yes. right? Like, so, I mean, what are your yes. expectations or hopes? So, I thought, I thought we could pass uh, in second place for the for the next phase, like before the, the games, uh, like with a draw, just with a draw. But uh, things seem difficult right now. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. think that, that in order to go to the next phase, we must win the two games against you, sorry, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and then pray for a miracle against Ajax or Dortmund. So, yeah. I, I have my, my hopes quite up. But then we lost 5-1 against Ajax at home. Yeah, it was a tough thought, intro, huh? <laughs> yes, yes. So we haven't been to... We haven't played Champions League football in like three, four seasons? Four seasons, yeah. maybe. I, I don't know quite exactly. But then that was the best first game ever of a campaign, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it, it was our second biggest loss uh, at home for international football, I guess. And the first is like in, to, in 2011, losing 7-1 to Bayern Munich. So, yes, we're We've playing been there. Really We've well. been there, actually. In fact, I think they beat us 8-1 over two, over two legs. But obviously, no, our, our uh, match against us, Liverpool... Over two legs, we lost. 12-1. Ooh, nice. At least you <laughs> nice. don't have a Liverpool result like ours, right? Like, that's one that people always remember. That <laughs> kills me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but so, okay. That's, that's yeah. I, I mean, it's interesting. I think we, our two clubs are kind of approached everything similarly, right? And so it's sort yes. of natural that our 
uh, clash will sort of determine how everything goes for either one of us. It would be sort of fitting that we we split the the ties, like we each win one or something, you know, and, and get nothing no, out of it. No. <laughs> Just no, no, no. given our luck, right? Yes, like like please, Ajax and Dortmund draw the the or Ajax like crushes Dortmund in the two legs, you know, and then okay. uh, we we pray that Holland stays out a little bit longer and let's go. <laughs> yeah, he's he's gonna take a break for. For his big move to Liverpool or Madrid exactly. or whatever it might be, right? Take like, it easy, out a little bit. Yes, yes. Like, <laughs> stay out a little bit, drink a cup of tea, sign your contract, take your time. You got a lot of money coming your way, friend. You know, you got yes. <laughs> to read up on how to spend it, you know? <laughs> yes. um, but so, yeah, that's, that's great. Thank you so much for coming in. Um, this was a perfect length, too, actually. So everything about this went well. Um, thanks for, for stepping in and t t teaching us all about sporting. Um, <laughs> it was my pleasure. I love talking about sporting and about football, obviously. Yeah, yeah. No, this could be the, uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll have lots of reasons to have you on in the future. You know, maybe we'll see you again somehow next year. Um, yes. But so finally, tell us about like how to find you on Twitter. You know, I don't know if you if you write also on the side, or you know, you have any side projects relating related to football or anything else, I suppose. But you know, how, no, no, how do my, people my find only, you? Okay, so uh, people can find me on Twitter, like is Joao Blanco, then SCP from Sporting, like the the acronym basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, but but I I don't do much on Twitter. I just talk about things. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But uh, my side project. Are, are just is only the podcast the, the mm -hmm. Uspaneka podcast but it's so okay you if you not uh, if you don't understand Portuguese we'll not understand the word that we say <laughs> but we can always follow us on Twitter like Uspaneka and like then click the translate button of our mini analysis of the international games national games of Portugal if you're interested I think. Follow us on Twitter and then try, try to learn a little bit Portuguese for listening to the podcast. Yeah. No, Portuguese is a great language. I, I, I can't say that I speak it, you know, but I mean, it's funny because like when I, when I got to Portugal, I, I had learned Spanish previously, like in school hey, and all that, that you know, don't, don't say that don't say that you thought like oh i know spanish so i know portuguese that's what exactly like, so i got no, that well, and no like, honestly we so hate, and, we and hate the, that the, the, the thing that's funny about it was that i didn't think that at all i i knew you know especially because i knew like the history of, of like the movement of latin languages and that you know portuguese is actually kind of one of the the oldest you know it's, it's unique in that sense so i um I was prepared to not understand anything, but then driving in, like not talking to anybody, I saw the signs and I thought, oh, I think maybe I can do this, you know? But then as soon as somebody spoke, like you see a word in Portuguese and you think, oh, I, I could probably, I know what this means, I, I, I could probably speak this language, but then you hear the, the pronunciation and it's like you just heard something completely different get spoken and I was like, wait a minute, I'm in way over yes. my head right now. This is not happening. So yeah, it's, it's a great language though. I love the language um, and the country. So, um, you know, okay. someday we'll have to go c check a game out in, in Lisbon, Joao. <laughs> yeah, yes, let's go. Like, uh, um, come here and let's go to a sporting game. It would be my pleasure, yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, post it on the podcast. Now, anyway, thank you so much for coming on. Um, <laughs> Really a pleasure having you, and, and great to get all the info. 
And yeah, we'll stay in touch. And I'll, I'll put all your info for, for everyone to find you online, obviously, in the description. Um, okay, thanks, yeah, man. just thanks so much, man. Okay, thanks. It was my pleasure, and uh, good luck for the Champions yeah. League games. Except for these two matches, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but generally, yes. I hope you win every I, other I, match. I, these two, I hope you uh, you lose. Like okay, like <laughs> one nil. Okay, that's a small yeah, result. Yeah, keep it classy. But, but yeah. then, yes, but then win against Ajax and Dortmund, and no good for Besiktas. I hope you're champions this year. Yeah, same to you. Same to you. <laughs> thanks, well, man. Have a good one. Excellent info there from our, our friend, friend of the podcast now, we can say, uh, Joao Blanco. Um, yeah, like I said, at J-O-A-O, Blanco, B-L-A-N-C-O-S-C-P. Um, and without further ado, let's just keep it rolling, because we just get more and more info. And I don't think that these things really overlap over too much, so it's, it's actually kind of, you know, extra informative. So now we're moving on to um, Sporting 160 English's uh, segment of the podcast. Let's just dive right in. So, welcome back, everyone. Of course, uh, our our interview portion of the episode, we have some great guests from the Sporting 160 English podcast, or uh, EN. Um, And yeah, let me just introduce these guys quickly. So we have... Danny and Christian, um, both kind of locals on my end over here on the east coast of the United States. Uh, but I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll alternate by like who goes first. We'll start with you, Danny. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and like the podcast and your affiliation with sporting, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm Danny. I'm from Toronto, Canada. Um, so, you know, same time zone, at least. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I, my parents are both Portuguese. My dad was a, a, or is a big sporting fan. So sort of just came down through like the family lineage, if you will. But uh, mm-hmm. just fell in love with the club. I mean, it, it's easy for us on this side of the world to just pick another club, especially an English club. But sure. uh, couldn't couldn't get away from, from Sporting. Um, and my, yeah, that's pretty much my affiliation with the club. It's just, you know, passed down from family. Nice. Um, all right, I'll, we'll, we'll move it to you, Christian, and, and I'll, like, slide the, uh, the podcast end of the question to you, too, if you don't mind. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So, yeah, um, like you said earlier, my name's Christian, also, um, in this, uh, East Time Zone from New Jersey. Um, I picked up sporting on my own, not their familiar lineage, um, and our podcast, Sporting 160, we have a Canadian, two Americans, <laughs> and a Brit as well. Nice, so, there you go. So we have a lot of lot of English-speaking countries um, represented, all sporting Eustas, all different ages, all for different reasons. Um, so, you know, we have a very, you know, unique in that sense, um, like to, you know, have, have all viewpoints represented um, on our podcast. That's cool. That's great. Uh, yeah. And I was going to say, sort of stole my <coughs> thunder there, Danny, no, but, but astutely, <laughs> I, I'll add. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always cool to meet, especially, of course, here in the United States, but of course, Canada, too, I think. You guys probably also have a lot of the uh, quote-unquote, like, plastics, you know, the guys who just 
sort of immediately gravitate towards like a Man U or a Real Madrid or, you know, just one of those giant clubs. So it's always cool to meet someone kind of uh, from this time zone uh, who, who's like carved out their own path. So both of you guys. And I mean, it sounds like everyone on your podcast is kind of uh, doing that. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah, and I mean, with with Sam in particular, who's who's from the UK, it's it's amazing because he's like right there amongst it all, right? Like he has uh, a, a legitimate excuse, if you will, to like right. support like a Chelsea or something like that in London. But you know, diehard sporting fan, so that's it's, cool. Uh, it just proves how how big this club is, and and even with yourself with Peshkitas and all that, it just proves the that you know football is bigger than just England and Real Madrid and Barcelona sort of thing. That's right. And certainly, I can't speak for Canada, but I can certainly say that here in the U.S., there's a, a deficit in coverage of, of leagues outside of, I mean, pretty much England, to be honest. And if you spend a little extra money, you can get, like, B in and get some, like, league. Uh, and, like, I think now you're starting to get a little Bundesliga and stuff in there. But, you know, it's, uh, it's rare that you actually get football televised, especially outside of the Premier League. So, yeah, no, we're all we're all, like, doing that work, right? Like... Letting the world know that there's more out there than just English football, but uh, no, that's that's great. I like that stuff, um, and a lot of our of our listeners are actually in Turkey and in Europe and stuff. So it's also cool for them to know that we're not all you know what they expect of the uh, the typical fan over here. Um, anyhow, <laughs> let's focus on, of course, our clubs and, and the, the the huge match that's upcoming. Huge for for all, both of us, I would say. Uh, or all of us. Um, what do you guys like? I'm gonna skip questions here. I'm throwing you guys a curveball. Um, just to sort of review what's happened in the Champions League with you guys. Like, what were your expectations coming into this group, and how has it, you know, changed now that we're we've you know you're in the same boat as us, as having lost twice already, right? Uh, sorry, uh, Christian, you go first this time. Okay, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, obviously, um, we what we expected from this group and where we sit uh, after two games is not what we expected or where we wanted to be. Being the pot one team in this group, obviously, like, there was expectations more on us, honestly. I feel like expectations from, you know, like, pundits or people that are just observing um, probably would have probably picked us to go through in second in most like common scenarios but sporting has definitely underperformed definitely disappointed um so far and uh you know the upcoming two games you know we like we said you know prior on our own podcast are going to determine uh sporting's continuation uh in europe you know overall because it's unlikely i would say that that will advance now being having to make up two games um on those two teams the uh dormant and, and ix yeah, and certainly with IX in their form, that's pretty frightening stuff. Um, Danny, you have anything to add to those thoughts? No, no, I, I pretty much agree a thousand percent. With what, yeah, I co-sign what Christian's saying, a hundred percent. It's disappointing to see where 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 we've where we've come, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, we are fresh in the Champions League too. Like this is our first campaign in like over, I think three four years. So yeah. Um, you know, I guess we could have expected it, but yeah, it is. We are we are disappointed uh, so far, especially the five-one loss. That was that was pretty tough to take. Yeah, I mean, you you m- minus the five-one, luckily, but um, yeah, you're pretty much describing us as well. Like we've had a few years off 
um, from the Champions League. Uh, we came in on the on the flip side though, like with with fairly low expectations, I think. Um, uh, but so, but yeah, I mean also similar positions in the league and everything. We're we're, we're kind of in, in similar positions all around. We'll, we'll get into that later though. Um, focusing again on the Champions League thing and like backtracking a little too, and I'll stick with you again, Danny. Uh, Christian had had mentioned your guys maybe expecting a second place. Like, wh what did you guys think of like the group in general? But then specifically of Besiktas. Like, did you know anything about Besiktas going into this? Like, did I wonder if we have a reputation? Um, what did you guys? Yeah, I'll, I'll hand it yeah. over to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at the group, um, I thought it was a fairly even group. I, I, I think I said it on our podcast as well. I can see us very well finishing first as well as, as as much as i can see us finishing fourth you know like yeah. we're all quite even in terms of uh, ability maybe dortmund uh inches it out just a bit more Ajax, of course inches it out just a bit more now especially we see that mm. um the only difference is Ajax and dortmund as com uh, compared to us two they do have more experience in the champions league so they might be more comfortable with the games, whereas we're just we just we're both getting thrown into it. Um, my my first impressions. I mean, we we we're obviously well aware of of Bisquitas, You know, we've had some Portuguese players and managers there over the years. Yep. Um, personally, me as a Canadian, you know, I I, I root for Bisquitas a little bit, as you guys have Hutchinson and Laren. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. That's currently, right. these these next two games, I hope you. Guys, I mean, in terms of the group right now, I hope you guys did zero <laughs> yeah. points. I hope you don't mind me saying. <laughs> But further, but going further, I hope you guys, you know, continue to develop our young Canadians, which is or, yeah. our one young Canadian, our right. other veteran. So, I, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I do like Besiktas. My, my impression of them when we were drawn to them were, were basic, were definitely that they were the team that we could, or that we should be looking to get two victories off, or at least uh, a point and a victory at home. Um, but nonetheless, I, you know, I, I'm also well aware that it's going to be a tough uh, match, no matter what. A very well uh, strung together team. I mean, just like us, champions of Turkey, as we're champions of Portugal. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. My impression of both the the group and and Pesquitas. That's good. Good stuff. Uh, anything to add there, Christian? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you mentioned some former players uh, and managers. I mean, our our closest uh, relation is, is, is ongoing recent Valentin Rozier. That's right. Who, honestly, I'm going to be honest. And now that his, I tracked him more last season when he was more on a loan deal. Now that he's on a permanent, I'll be honest, I haven't followed him. So I'm not sure how he's performed this season, but yeah, like Danny said, obviously familiar with the club, big name, mm -hmm. you know, in Europe, big name in, in Turkey, obviously. Um, so, you know, Kurejma was, was, I was always a Kurejma fan. So, ah, so uh, I, I was gonna ask. Yeah, him I remember that. some of those, some of his his highlights um, uh, there fondly. <laughs> yeah, and he's an interesting player because he, of course, was a academy product of Sporting, but he kind of came up That's right. with, with Porto, right? Or he became famous yeah. with Porto. But and I, I think this is worth noting. You know, he's actually recently signed his son up uh, with the Sporting Academy. Academy. Ricky, yep. check, look look out for Ricky Quaresma. He could be, <laughs> like, in, like, 10 years, the next big thing. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and, and there's some other ties. Some of them not so great, like, Simao was a player for us, and I know he kind of, he, he was a youth product for you guys, but then came up, like, or came to fame, rather, with 
Benfica, which is uh, even even more, I would imagine, damaging to his reputation with he's, you guys. He's viewed with much more hostility. Quaresma yeah. is really not viewed with any hostility by sporting fans overall. Uh, but Simo, I would say, is viewed with much, much more hostility by sporting fans. <laughs> but then, yeah, but then obviously, like, more recently with Valentin Rosier, that's a very positive exchange. I, I'm still, like, we got him in desperation last year. Just des- We just needed someone at right back. And it was like, all right, Sporting's, like, third string right back, whatever. Like, he's better. Like, I was, we were deathly afraid of, of this is, like, coach favorite who's, like, sort of a, a blunderer of sorts and, and and like he was pegged to play as our right back if if valentine rose didn't come in so we were all just desperate for anyone uh, and then he turned out to be f- really phenomenal for us last season um a real bright spot on the season obviously it was a great season for us all around and it, it was in large part to guys like rosier rashid gazelle who like we didn't know what to expect and they came in and just slotted in perfectly and you know everything kind of came together uh, last year was a, a shock for us. Now this year we're starting to have some expectations. But um, yeah, Rosier is is a fan favorite with us. I will say so. I mean, before I move on to more technical stuff, any thoughts on Rosier? Like, were you guys surprised he succeeded with us? You know, that ha- since he'd sort of fallen out of favor with you guys. Uh, whose turn was that? Uh, Danny? You can or? take that, Christian. You can take that, Christian. Uh, but yeah, we always knew that he had uh, ability. Um. We just he just didn't seem to jive with the coach that was here, and uh, you know it, it just like it seemed like it wasn't going to happen for him here. But obviously, like it, it didn't shock me that it happened for him uh, somewhere else so much. That's that's all, always my opinion of him. And there are times last uh, or there are times in I think twenty nineteen when he was exiled from the squad when we literally didn't have a right back. And there was just such this friction there between the coach and him that no one wanted to, like, apologize or whatever. And it's just Ooh. like, he could... There's an opportunity for him right now, but, like, you know, it was... Oh, man. And that's not working out. So I think it's for the better for everyone, you know? Yeah, no, and and perhaps there's... Like, he came into a, a situation where he was really needed and people were kind of, like, trying to find positives in his game because the other option was such a like, feared one for us. So, like, he came in and, like, immediately, like, took to him and he became a fan favorite. And, like, you know, in the off season when he was trying to sort out his final paperwork or whatever it was, Galatas and I had tried to swoop in because, you know, he pretty thoroughly impressed last season. And um, he came out and, like, he, he tweeted, like, I'm a child of Besiktas. And then, like, deleted it because, obviously, that's not a good negotiating tactic. His agent was probably like, shit, zip it, you know. But um, he immediately, like, I think his his jerseys, like, sold out quickly, like, as soon as he signed and everything. He, he's really endeared himself to the fans. So that's interesting that he was something of a problem child for you guys. Something, perhaps, for us to be weary of going forward. But, I mean, we're in a position where I think if if a bigger club came in, we we kind of would have to sell him anyway, so we shouldn't get too attached to anyone these days. Anyway, uh, moving on, and I'll go to you, Danny, and we're gonna start talking specifics here. So, Sporting starting eleven. Like, first of all, what's it looking like at the more at the moment? I know um, Pedro Gonçalves or you know Pote or whatever. Like, he's he's injured at the moment, right? I don't know how long term that is, but be, you know, beyond that, how's the starting eleven looking? Um, any thoughts on your like newest transfers? Sarabia, yeah. I guess, is a bigger one. I don't know. Uh, yeah, what yeah. do you think? 
Yeah, so uh, uh, on pot, since you mentioned him, does look like he's coming back. He has been back in training. Looks like he avoided a uh, uh, a potential surgery on it. I think it's his left foot. Nice. So, which is a great a great timing and a, and and a great player to have back because we are missing goals and Pot last season was our goal scorer. I think he had, if I'm not mistaken, he was top goal scorer in the league with I believe it was 23 or 24 goals. I believe it was mm. 23 um, from like right wing position, um, but he does come in a lot and all that. Yeah. Um, our starting eleven. As it is, as it pertains, our 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 manager Ruben Amorim, he loves playing um, with three at the back, three center backs. Uh, we we would have wing backs. You know, we did ju- just lose Nuno Mensch, so our left spot is a little, um, I would say, vulnerable at the moment because we don't have a, a, a solidified starting left uh, wing back. Um, we have Nuno Santos who's been filling in, but he's more of a winger. We have uh, Ruben Vinagre that we got from Wolves. Um, that hasn't been panning out too well just yet, at least. Hmm. Um, and then we have Matheus Reis, who who was a free transfer, came from uh, another team in Portugal, Rio Ave, um, but off a really bad spell where um, he wasn't playing at all. Uh, some sort of politic po- politics behind the the team. Anyways, he, he's he's starting to finally find his feet. He was a bit of a meme at the club, but looking like he might very well play against you guys in the Champions League. So, um, and, and he's been doing well so far. In terms of our, our 11, our midfield is, is solidified. It's We have João Palinha and now Mateus Nunes, both now Portuguese internationals. Um, and Palinha is having a pretty solid season too, right? Yeah, a phenomenal season. Uh, and, and he's coming off of, uh, of a phenomenal season. I think was, and in my personal opinion, was one of the most important players from our, our campaign last season. Um, tough tackler, um, good with the ball. He had me, me, Christian, and, and the boys on our podcast. We're, we're constantly talking about. He has a banger in him, so uh, it hasn't come yet. But but there's been a few chances, like from like forty yards out, that I, I'm convinced one of these days are banging in top corner. But anyways, <laughs> look, look out for a Pelinga a Pelinga uh, banger. And then our front three. Knock uh, on wood. Pauling. It's not us. Yeah, <laughs> we got a young keeper too. Like we don't need that. We don't need that. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. And then yeah, our front, our front three. We have Paulinho, who's pretty much our only striker uh, that we got from our. Uh, I guess you can. We can. They're considered rivals from Braga mm-hmm. for about sixteen million. But you know, some other uh, shady negotiations in the in the background from that move. But a very expensive fee for a, for a striker that isn't scoring a lot. Uh, or isn't scoring at all really he has one goal one assist and two yellow cards this or three yellow cards this season so you know it's it's uh it's not a good look um we have we just did get sarabia and we and you know like i said what pot might be coming hopefully he's coming back from injury if not we have you know the likes of jovan cabral a young uh a young inconsistent player but on his day he he's he's lights out um, we can even play uh, uh, Tabata on the wing, a, a, a young Brazilian uh, winger that can also play as a number eight. Um, nice. And there's another winger, oh, Tiago Tumaj, um, who can rival Paulinho for that for that striking position, but uh, many see him more as a winger. So we have some options off the bench for, for, our, for our front three. Um, that what are about Pedro that- Porro? Is he more of like a wing back? Yes, yes, sorry. And then he's more of a wing back. Yeah, he's more of a right wing back. And uh problem with Poto, he's been he's been uh he's been fairly injured. I think he just got injured as well. Nothing too crazy, but for the Spanish uh side, 
hence why I don't think he was even on the bench for the, the Nations Cup final yesterday. Uh, more of a, a wing back for sure, but he, he loves to press forward, has a great cross in him. Um, yeah. And if it's not if it's not Bodu, we have Ishgayu who just came back from the club, also bought from Braga, but he, he was uh, he's uh, an academy player as well. Um, so we have options. Our, our defense and our midfield especially are, are solidified. When going forward, I mean, right now we're a little thin, uh, but we'll see. With Pot coming back, uh, maybe that'll have Sarabria. Um, really, he's he's starting to gel with the squad, which is good because we do all know his his quality. And then hopefully that'll get Paulinho, who's not he's not a bad player by any sense, but he's, maybe he's not. frustrating. He's yeah, frustrating. you're looking for him to sort of turn the corner, maybe, right? I mean, exactly. what are your like what are your guys' thoughts collectively? I don't. Either one of you can answer this on Daniel Braganza, right? He's kind of. Um, I, I know some people like him and are have high hopes for him. Others maybe not. He's actually the, the perfect player to transition to because Sporting's been experimenting more with playing a uh, more of a 3-5-2 as opposed to a 3-4-3. Mm -hmm. And the last game that they played, they started with the 3-5-2, but against uh, Mateus Nunes and Pelinga as a midfield triangle. Um, and it looked it looked pretty good. But against uh, like, a lot of the play offensively ran through Braganza. He's great at, you know, just, like, switching the play, switching the point of attack, very technical, um, you know, we'll just, like, nutmeg guys and stuff. Uh, he, he's he's very technical, very talented. And young, too, I'm right? Hope so. Young, too, as well. He's 21, or actually just turned 22 because he's no longer eligible for the Portugal uh, U21s. That's how I know he just turned 22. <laughs> um, and, uh, so, and so the problem against that we ran into against Ajax a little bit and against Dortmund especially was we were overrun in the middle with only two midfielders of even despite pulling it covering like one and a half people's turf it it felt like we were undermatched so I, I mean again I don't I think that for the Champions League games especially the the three midfielders make sense um sporting thinnest up top Palinho you know and Pot is kind of like a free range uh, player, so I could easily see him starting up top in like the free range role of like the three five two. Nice. Um, I so yeah, I I, I like Bragança, and I think that that formation works best in these Champions League games for sure. Um, yeah. Sporting was in a, a a bit of a poor run of form, and the the injection of Bragança and the three midfielders seems to have upped the play a little bit. So I wouldn't say why they why they wouldn't keep rolling with it. Nice. Yeah, he seems to be sort of like a, a cult. He has a cult following, right, Braganza? And I think a, a lot of fans, and I happen to be one of them for Besiktas, you know, you you like to see those younger kids come in and, and you want to give them a bit of a leash and, like, see, you know, you, you, you want to give them their run. Because, like, the, ultimately, I don't know if you guys are exactly in the same position as us, but, like, there's a lot of money to be made in, in playing these younger guys and, like, uh, Gaining the attraction of some of the larger leagues out there, certainly we're in dire need financially of those kinds of developments. So, I don't know. I, I tend to always enjoy seeing younger guys come into the lineup and perform. I don't know. For sure, for sure, we have a lot that that could be poached. I would say Gonzalo Inacio is another one, mm -hmm. center back. Um, he's 21 as well. I mean, it's clear. It's clear for any scouts watching that, that he's a top center back. So. Nice. We're not going to be able to hold on to him forever, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. Next up, and I guess we'll go back with D 
Danny on this one. Um, we've kind of already covered strengths and weaknesses for the most part by analyzing individuals. But let's talk about form because we haven't talked about that yet. And your guys' form is quite similar to ours, right? You're in third place, though, just like us, by the way. Uh, though, and uh, just like us, I don't think you're probably really disappointed with third place. You're, you know, it's not like you're dropping points. It's just that the season's young and you've got a couple other solid performers so far. Is that about right, Danny? Yeah, no, I'd say you you did spot on. I believe we only have, now I can't remember if it's one or two draws. Let me just quickly look. I believe it's two draws in the league. Um, yeah, so one is to uh, Family Kaung, which is our, like, sort of our kryptonite, really, because, uh, hmm. I mean, since they've come up from the second division, we, we have yet to get a, a win against them in the league. Um, and then our other draw was against Porto, um, which was a little only disappointing because in the first half we could have been easily up three nothing, and then um, one of their only shots on tar- on target was it went in. It was a banger from them, to be fair. But um, you know, but nonetheless, I mean, our our form. We these last few games have been tough. I mean, we've we've stolen a few games just right at the end. I, uh, against Istoril, it was a last minute penalty. Or sorry, against uh, Maritimo, it was a last minute penalty. Istoril, we also won one nothing off off a penalty. Um, so you know, it's been it's been a, a tough few um, tough few games for us these last two three weeks. But uh, I mean, the, the the best thing is that we got the three points, uh, and so we're amongst it. We're we're twenty points in third place, tied with Porto, uh, and then one point right now off of Benfica, who just lost uh, last weekend. So, um, you know, it's still young. It's still young. There's still so much to to fight for. Um, and uh, But, yeah, we're, we're, we're happy. So we're content, I should say. We're content with, with what we're doing, and we're on, we're on course for uh, another title challenge at least. Nice. Yeah, I saw your guys. I've, I've sort of scouted you. A little bit, as best one can, you know, here in New York. But, um, yeah, I've, like, checked out highlights. I've watched some of the extended highlight clips and stuff. You guys look solid. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you're still undefeated, right? You can't do yeah. that much better than that. Um, yeah, and no, we've, we've, we've similarly, like, we've dropped, a, uh, we've dropped one match, but we've had, we've just been ravaged by injuries. So, you know, uh, we're, we're still pretty content with where we are, and especially because everyone's yeah. coming back post international break so yeah i think we're we're both as clubs ready to sort of push into this next quarter of the season probably and and make our push for the championship and you know obviously we're hoping for the best in europe um (laughs) christian so now i will i guess if there's anything you want to add to his thought to to danny's thoughts on the on your guys's form you know go for it but then beyond that um this is sort of the wild card question because we've we've sort of answered most of these questions in a roundabout way. Um, what should Besiktas fans know about Sporting and the club's history? Uh, things that make you proud of the club? High points for you domestically or in Europe? You know, in your time as a, as a, as a fan. And, and this one will bounce back to you, Danny. It's kind of a weird question. I'm putting you on the spot, so I don't know if you have. A pre-prepared answer for this one, but uh, <laughs> go for it, Christian. Sure, sure. Um, so, no, I think Danny covered our form uh, perfectly. Post-time. I would say, uh, as sporting fans, what what makes us proud? I mean, I would say that there are a couple things that make it, make us slash me proud. Um, 
First, definitely what makes me proud is not only the football team, but we follow all the sports of sporting, the basketball team, the handball team, mm-hmm. the hockey team, the ladies team, the ladies futsal, the futsal, the, lady, the ladies soccer team, you know, everything. Um, and sporting is, is top in, in Portugal, you know, consistently for so many of these uh, sports that many people would consider second rate or, you know, not caring. Most people don't care about them at all. Sporting fans are known for caring about these sports more than the fans of any other team, um, yes. such as Benfica Porto, who do often challenge us in many of these sports for titles, but their fans are not engaged in the same way that we are, on, on average. <laughs> no. um, what else? Um, definitely, you know, we, we were champions last season after 19 years. We have some other titles sprinkled in there, um, such as, like, League Cups and Cup titles over the years, but never the league title was evaded us for, for her close to two decades. I would say that that would have taken a toll on a, on a weaker fan base uh, mm-hmm. overall. Um, but for some of those years that, that were hard, um, the 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 base of the club never never went anywhere. Um, and when you just like uh, you know, as far as like looking at Portugal uh, and the top clubs, uh, the the this is actually like a relevant topic because. Um, we're, we're, we're entering an election season at Sporting right now, so the, nice. the, the politics are, are especially hot. But just the engagement level of the average Sporting fan um, in like the club's uh, you know, internal and external affairs. Um, you'll probably have, if your fans you know, are follow international news and stuff like that, the president of Benfica um, was recently arrested uh, for his you know, decades of, of corrupt dealings. Porto president, um, you know, one of the biggest refereeing bribery scandals in Portugal um, went down. He was a central player in that. Somehow he still remains the president to this day. Portugal has been synonymous with a lot of these types of corruption scandals. Um, and for the most part, sporting has has avoided a spotlight in that, in that way. Um, so that's definitely a point of pride for, for me as well. I don't know if Danny has any, any extra ones to add. Real quickly, just to piggyback on that, what is the name of the like notoriously shady agent from Portugal? Jorge Mendes. Jorge Mendes. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Yeah, that was the first thing that came out. We mentioned like the Portuguese corruption, all that, and he he yes. had his hands all in Turkish football for like yes. I don't know a good yeah, decade yes. plus too. So uh, we we know we've been there. <laughs> we have a lot of. He impacts there. everyone. He impacts everyone. That guy, <laughs> at this point, he's uh, yeah, he's an international superstar. You could call him. He's everywhere, <laughs> making money off of everybody. <laughs> That's right. Infamous, at least. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Danny, any anything to add there? No, no. Christian, Christian said everything perfectly. I would just add on uh, on our other various sports. Not only do you dominate Portugal, but we also have some European trophies in there. When our futsal and our roller hockey team. So, um, you know, as Sporting fans, we 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 love the club itself, not just the football team. That's mm-hmm. that's uh, just to reemphasize what Christian was saying. Nice, of course. No, that's that's cool. And in, in Turkey, that's quite common. Also, um, Besiktas also has a. Yeah. Good. I don't know. The, there's an NBA player, Alperin, who's uh, playing for the Rockets now. Who's came from Besiktas. We, we, yeah, we, we yeah, also Bish- pride mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, yeah, Turkish basketball teams are very, very, yeah. very good. That's a th- yeah, that's a thing. I mean, I'm I'm an NBA guy. Portugal has a long way to go to get to that level. But yeah, <laughs> Sporting is only in their third year uh, since restarting the basketball team. So 
<laughs> Here's a <laughs> random, a long way to go. Yeah. real wild card question: Are are you guys NBA fans? By like, who are you? Yeah, yeah. Danny, yeah, you've got to right, be a Raptors but... fan, right? Yeah, I'm a Raptors fan. Christian's a 76ers fan. Oh, okay, see, I was going to ask. I was worried you were going to tell me you were a Nets fan, because that, like, you'd be like a legit one being in Jersey, but Philly is a good, that's a much better fit. That's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a Knicks fan, if you couldn't gather that. but <laughs> Huge. Yeah, the Knicks got back a little bit. A little yeah. Bit, I actually already have tickets to see the Knicks play Philly, so that's a, uh, at the Garden, so. Oh, yeah, good game. NBA's Pretty right around the corner, I almost forget. Yeah. Yeah. Preseason right now. Kemba's yeah. at the Knicks right now. Am I right? Am I That's wrong? right. Yeah. We got Kemba and Fournier. Both pretty and serious. Because we, yeah. we were rolling out with Alfred Payton last year. So <laughs> anything would be an upgrade. But so he could, if he could stay healthy, that would be awesome. Anyway, yeah. not to get off topic. That was just, uh, <laughs> I thought, you know, especially I have a friend from Toronto who's a huge Raptors fan. So I think that's like a cultural phenomenon over in Toronto now, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole the whole country. I mean, any basketball fan in Canada, for the most part, will support uh, the Raps. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll see about this season. We're we're, we're kind of rebuilding again, but I think we can. We have a decent chance of uh, of making like seventh, eighth. We can sneak in there, I think. But we'll you see. Guys, we'll see. Young you team. guys have like a really fun project, you know, with all those yeah. young guys, but lots of talent. I'm I, I'm sympathetic because my friend is a. Uh, the real diehard, you know, and we talk a lot of between us. But, yeah, no, that, that's cool. Philly also, I have a, a lot of respect. That's like a real rival with us, too, not like you-know-who <laughs> over in Brooklyn over there. Um, Plastic. Yeah, come on. It's funny because I've been wondering, like, who follows the Nets, you know, because in New York it's a real Knicks town. And, like, the other day I was walking with my daughter down the street and her friends and talking to them, and I was like, talking about the NBA and I was like I was uh, quizzing them I was like do you know who the original three teams were in the league and this obnoxious little kid walks by and he goes go Brooklyn Nets and like totally threw me off interrupted me everyone turns around looking at him and I was like oh like that that's who the Nets fans are <laughs> like and you I had just seen this in people that don't live in New York yeah exactly <laughs> and what's what, like a side note I had just seen that same kid trying to videotape himself kicking pigeons so you know, whatever. Just, just saying. That's that's who likes the Nets. No, I'm kidding. Um, anyway, uh, it was great to have you guys on the podcast. Thank you so much uh, for for enlightening all of us regarding sporting a great club. I'll say, you know, going into this group, you guys mentioned it. It's it's not the quote unquote group of death, but anything could happen in it. it that's what's so exciting about it. And what's especially nice about it is that. We're all clubs that notoriously have really great fan bases that are really passionate um, and like not the hooligans in, in the group, right? Like um, we, we have fairly respectful fans typically and I, and I think we've all had positive interactions so far in the Champions League group stage. I hope that continues obviously between our fans, mm-hmm. but I can't imagine it wouldn't. Um, yeah, you know. Storied, yeah, storied there'll plus. be some travel. There'll be probably a couple thousand traveling fans, but there's no, there's no bad blood between uh, between our clubs as far as the the fan bases. Um, I know they've got some beef over in uh, in Croatia, but uh, in Turkey they're clear. Nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> no, we're all good. Yeah, I, we like Turks respect Portuguese football a lot, typically, because I think there's a lot of similarities between us. 
Yeah. Certainly, the, the big three clubs. Um, you guys having that huge derby, right? I mean, we have the three Istanbul clubs, but yeah. you know, lots of similarities. Um, For sure. Lots of talent, sort of beginning to. I mean, you guys are more established in this regard, but you know, spreading out through Europe and all that. So, um, yeah, that great stuff, guys. <laughs> Thanks so much once again. Now, one last thing: uh, plug yourselves. If you, I don't know if you have any writing projects or anything exciting like that, but certainly. You know, your Twitter accounts, how do people follow you, your podcast, etc. cetera. Uh, Free-for-all, I don't know who goes first. <laughs> At this point, I've lost track. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can you can uh, listen to the podcast on uh, on YouTube, at Sparting160N. Um, Christian kills it. Uh, Christian and Sam, for the most part, they kill it on our Twitter account. It's Sparting160 underscore EN, where we, um, you know, put up a lot of the news uh, up in English for, uh, about the club, uh, even opinions uh, uh, of certain events that are taking place on the club. Um, you know, we also are on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, all Sporting 160 EN. We're sort of affiliates. There's a, there's a Portuguese podcast, Sporting 160, uh, in Portuguese, so we're like affiliates with them. Uh, that's why, that, hence the 160 EN part, but... Uh, mm -hmm. Um, I mean, if you speak Portuguese, go and give them a listen as well, right? But yeah, for the most part, that's that's mainly where you can catch us. Chris, I don't know if I miss anything. No, that's good. That's perfect, man. Thank you How for having us. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. do you guys Thank want you to throw out your your personal Twitters? Sure, sure. I'm at, I'm at the the big Chris six nine. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I think mine is Danny Saldana, uh, Saldana underscore S A L D A N H A. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on, and I look forward to uh, showing up on your guys' podcast soon. For our listeners, sounds you good. See, you can see my face, listeners. So <laughs> that's a, a rarity. We got a double header coming up. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Um, and yeah, we'll figure out if it's like before or after the first match or whatever it is. But yeah, I look forward to it, guys. Sounds good. Appreciate yeah. having us on, man. Yeah. Have a good night. You too. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yeah, just there you go. I think we are thoroughly informed as far as Sporting Club de Portugal goes. We know all we need to know. Um, thanks one more time to our guests, uh, Christian. The Big Chris 69 on Twitter. And of course, Danny. Uh, Danny Saldana. Um, D A N N Y S A L D A N H A with an underscore. Um, yeah, both really informative. Their podcast, um, <coughs> The Sporting 160. English podcast, which is at Sporting160 underscore E-N. Uh, yeah, just, you know, very informative bunch. Uh, and again, thank you to Joao Blanco of um, Ospanenka. Uh, yeah, just great stuff for all around. Uh, and I think we can definitely say that we know all there is to know about uh, our, our upcoming opponents for the Champions League. Um, and so, yeah, that match is in eight days, um, maybe seven by the time you hear this. Um, yeah, and I guess I would be remiss not to talk about the actual time of the match and all of that. 
uh, we're going to be hosting Sporting in the first match on Tuesday, October 19th at 12.45 Eastern Standard Time. Check your local listings as always. And so, yeah, that's all there is to say about that. And then, of course, we're going to play them again uh, three matches later on November 3rd in Lisbon. Um, but so let's now shift focus. By the way, I will mention that it's probably an advantage that we get to play them at home for the first match because if we can get a result there, they'll be thoroughly dispirited, uh, obviously, you know, having lost their first two matches of the Champions League campaign. So that could be a vital match for us. Um, anyway, let's shift focus back to Turkey and back to the domestic Super League. <clears throat> Our upcoming match is going to be against Başakşehir. Um, Istanbul Başakşehir is a side which has struggled mightily. I think that's almost an understatement if we're going to be 100% honest. Um, they are currently, and let's sort of <coughs> dig in to where they are in the standings right now. Başakşehir is currently in 15th place having only won two matches and lost six. No draws, six points, only negative two goal differentials. So, you know, it could probably be argued that that's not especially reflective of their performances so far, or at least they would suggest that. But, you know, I'm not convinced. Um, their most regular starting lineup thus far has featured Volkan Babajan, 33 year old Turkish goalkeeper who many will recognize, Ravil Tagir on the back line, 18 year old Turk, supposedly with a very bright future. Uh, Evran, the Akman, was a huge fan. Uh, also next to him is Leo Duarte, 25-year-old Brazilian defender, who I believe is on loan. Uh, their right back is Carlos Ponk, uh, Cape Verdean player. Uh, Lima, Brazilian 30-year-old, is on the left side of their defense. Mahmoud Tektemir in the back of their midfield. And up ahead of him is Yusuf India Shimie, uh, a player from, uh, I think, Burkina Faso, perhaps? I'm not, or Burundi, perhaps it is? He's 22, though. Um, another guy that I believe Evron was fond of. Next to him, Berkay Uzjan, 23-year-old, 23-year-old Turk. Um, he's got a lot of attention, actually. On the left side of the midfield is Deniz Turuc, a name many will recognize. On the right side, Edin Fiska, 31-year-old Bosnian. And their striker this year is Stefano Okaka, Chuka, the Italian, 32-year-old. He's actually scored four goals for them already, so that's a name to be weary of, perhaps. Um, but so yeah, that's all there is for Bashaksha here in the little preview of them. Um, I guess we could kind of go into the head-to-head. -head. Uh, last season, we played them uh, in the cup and beat them 3-2. to two. Uh, in, in March. That was the cup final, I think, right? Was that the cup final? I don't know why, but that March 16th sounds a little too early for that, but whatever. Uh, we beat them 3-2 in the cup, but in the regular season, on March 12th, we beat them 2-3 uh, on the road, and on November 21st, we beat them 3-2. So we beat them 3-2 three, three times last season. Um, our first match at home, uh, Atiba Hutchinson, Kyle Laren, and then Abubakar scored in the 72nd minute on a penalty. Uh, Gul Bronson scored twice, almost bringing them back into the match, um, putting a, a lot of fear into us, but we held out. 
I remember thinking, you know, that's the kind of game you have to you have to win. Uh, the second match of the season, Kyle Lahren opened up the scoring. Dennis Turuch leveled. Wellington gave us the lead again in 68th. Demba Ba leveled. And then Joseph De Souza with a heroic goal in the 84th minute. Uh, and that would be a vital vital one for the season. Um, but so, yeah, three, three to two victories against Besiktas last season. Let's hope for, I don't know, a three to two victory. I'll take that. Why not? Um, but so, yeah, let's now quickly move on to one of my favorite new segments and uh, probably one of yours as well. We've got f- famous Besiktas uh, Twitter personality Aaron Armstrong. I'm at Aaron E. Armstrong on Twitter. Uh, and I was, I, I thought it was an important question this week. I asked him, uh, let's see, I said, at the first quarter of the season mark, because that's where we are, I said, given late transfers, injuries, so I sort of set the table for it, um, is 17 points from eight matches sufficient? 17 points out of 24 total. Uh, and did you expect more or less? Um, and so I guess it's probably worth noting that along with those 17 points, right? how did we get there? Um, we have five wins, two draws, and one loss with a plus eight goal differential, which is second highest in the league. Um, so on that note, I, I, I put that question to Aaron and here was his response well uh, here's my answer to your question uh, personally I, I think it's a bit unfair to just assess it from uh, a total points perspective um, you have to be realistic you have to approach it uh, with a case-by-case basis and I believe dropping only seven points out of 24 given the circumstances are just brilliant it's 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 great work and yeah of course i mean uh we would we would be even better if we didn't suffered any injuries but um given the season has a lot to go still and considering our opponents will uh go through the same Phase, go through similar phases. I mean, um, I think we've done quite well, and given that we've uh, we've earned quite ready at the beginning of the season in terms of fitness when it comes to players. I mean, we had a lot of players joining in late, and we had a lot of players who were not fully ready or fully trained. It, uh, as for the summer training season, let's say. Uh, it was obvious that we would uh, pick up the pace later on in the season, but this start is just brilliant uh, for me. Um, definitely, we've seen a lot of improvements from last season. I mean, first of all, okay, we were we didn't have any problems uh, in relation to scoring last year. We, we were the team with the most goals and everything, but we had a lot of problems in defense this season. It looks like we've managed to sort it out even though with all the people that we're missing all the players that we're missing uh we've still done a great job in terms of defense we have the least expected goals uh given away uh, and we've uh, in terms of statistics and analytics we're doing a massive job uh with regards to the defense but um still as i've said before um the 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 early 
season uh, is not is not uh, what we're going to focus on. Uh, it's the long run, and once we fully become a unit uh, with all the players joining in and with all the players being fit, uh, I believe uh, we can do a whole lot better, and hopefully um, that will come soon. Uh, it's a matter of uh, process. It's a matter of trusting the process. <laughs> as Joel Embiid would say, but yeah, um, given everything, given uh, all the late transfers and injuries, 17 points out of eight matches is a brilliant run, and we're not that far away from the top, we're pretty close, and uh, considering they're um, playing close to their potential, our opponents, uh, we can totally improve and uh, leave a mark on the season and just cruise. Uh, but we really, really should start avoiding injuries and start um, avoiding these fitness problems. Uh, we shouldn't we shouldn't risk players, let me put it that way. We shouldn't risk players in that aspect because we have enough depth, uh, I believe. Uh, we're just a bit unlucky in these eight games. Uh, and... Given that uh, we'll probably get eliminated from the Champions League, I almost say it right now, but it looks like it. By the looks of it, we're just going to scrap that. Uh, Sergen probably thinks he should just wing it and see what happens. Uh, we will be entitled to f focus on the league more, and uh, that way we can perform better. And I, I believe, like, given the, the circumstances, what we should do at this point, country coefficient doesn't really matter. It's already a lost cause, and uh, the dire financial status of the clubs uh, makes winning the title even more important, given that you actually have a chance to qualify for the Champions League and uh, be entitled to that uh, competition money, competition prize, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, phrasely, uh, I'm not quite sure. Um, what to call it like yeah like tournament prize i guess yeah just for uh, qualifying the money you get for, from qualifying but yeah given the that's the case um we're gonna look forward and uh with everything we've got we have to keep performing keep fighting uh this period also proved uh something important that we have really 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 promising youngsters which is an amazing thing. I was really worried in the beginning that we had a lot of key players um, <coughs> out and uh, I was worried that uh, the replacements and the youngsters wouldn't be able to step up, but they've performed magnificently, to put it that way. And I believe that uh, we earned a lot in this stressful period, even though we lost a few points, I believe, in return we've won a lot on paper with players and with youngsters and what they can do in their confidence in themselves and everything so uh, the season still has a long way to go and we shall see yeah I mean that's my way that's my long <laughs> answer to your question uh, yeah, I think that's all I can say about it and hopefully it will turn out to be great for us.
Excellent. Very good. Um, so yeah, just I, I co-sign everything Aaron said there. Again, follow him at Aaron E. Armstrong, A-A-R-O-N-E-A-R-M-S-T-R-O-N-G. Uh, and yeah, as, as always, follow us at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow myself at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Um, follow us on Instagram, Black Eagles Podcast. One word. Of course, we will be back soon. Our next match is on Friday, October 15th. We are in, on the road, but in Istanbul, against Basakshi here. 1 p.m. here on the East Coast of the United States. Check your local listings. We will be back, of course, after that match. And then uh, we'll probably come back before Monday because we want to get an episode in and give you all enough time to hear it before our huge match against Sporting Club de Portugal, which you are all very ready for and informed about. So, yeah, without any further ado, I, I'm just going to have to say, let's go Besiktas! Peace out, everybody. Uh, we'll be back soon. See you next weekend, Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.